0: Welcome to Reading the Bible Together. I'm your
1: host, Angela Smith. I think we sometimes forget the little parts of her story at the beginning, that she did come from a humble background, perhaps marginalized background, honestly. And I think if some of you're listening and that's part of your story or part of your heritage, you're in good company. Um, And I think God uses those people and uses them in all kinds of ways. And we've seen that through all the women, right, that we've talked about in the study that God uses some of the least likely characters sometimes. And so to feel encouraged if you feel like that's a part of your story, God still works and God still uses folks in those situations. And I think for us, if you're not in that situation, if you're not a marginalized person or from a humble beginning, to be open and gracious to learn from those that maybe God has chosen and elevated for various reasons, I think that's a key takeaway from Mary's story.
0: Unexpected.
1: When you look in the lineage of Jesus, there are five
0: women there that are unexpected. Women you wouldn't think would be in the lineage of the Messiah, but they're there. And over the next few weeks, we're gonna be taking a look at their stories. Here we are, the last episode in the series. We've finally come to the last person in Jesus's ancestry, in his lineage, in his ancestry. We are to marry the mother of Jesus. Today I have with me Dr. Megan Brown. She's an associate professor of Christian ministry at the University of Northwestern St. Paul. She's also the assistant department chair of that department. That's important because department chairs do a lot of work. Megan, thank you for
1: being with us. Thanks for having me, Angie.
0: I mean, we didn't give you very many women to choose from,
1: but how you were you feeling about Mary? Mary, I probably would have picked her anyway, honestly. Okay, I think there are so many things about Mary for us to to glean from her story and Jesus' lineage. Obviously, as his mother, mm-hmm. and I'm a mom myself, so I think there are some things that maybe Relatable. I relate to, yeah, yeah, in her journey because of that.
0: Well, before we get started on Mary's story, is the, I've been asking all my guests, what's a favorite story you have from your own lineage or ancestry?
1: Yeah, and I think that actually ties to Mary, too, so that might be a good way for us to start. My great-grandmother, and I grew up in the South, so I call her Mamaw. Okay. Many of our listeners may not even know that name for a grandmother, but mama is my lineage person I think of, and a lot of my fam- family is not people of faith, and so that's what makes her so special, I think, because mm-hmm. she was a faithful follower of Christ and had a way of being humble and sweet, but also if you needed to be reprimanded, she would tell you what was up, mm-hmm. um, and I think we can kind of see that in some ways in Mary's story where she will probably get to that, where she tells Jesus, no, do it, um, but she's also sweet and obedient and follows and has a heart that treasures things, mm-hmm. and I think my mammal reminds me a lot of those characteristics, um, and when she passed when I was So a you teenager, knew her. Wow, I did know great-grandmother. Her. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a huge gift, so I knew her well. She passed when I was 16. And when she passed, I got her Bible, which is a really mm-hmm. big treasure for me, mm-hmm. um, and it was her husband's Bible before that, so I got double great-grandparent yeah, yeah. blessing, um, but could see both of their notes mm-hmm. in that Bible, so it's a treasure for me to read the things that she wrote as she read scripture, and even the passage she read the night before she passed was open oh. on her bedside table, so tons of little notes in there from her that are just a treasure for me to see what she was thinking about passages and who God is. So, Do you remember what passage it was? What I'd have to reading? look. I had some mean, okay. marked, but yeah, yeah. it was in the Gospels somewhere. So wow, really cool, very cool
0: that she was reading yeah. about Jesus
1: and then came went fully to see him. Yeah, in his presence. Yeah.
0: I'm sure most people are familiar, whether they've been in the church or not, they're familiar with the Virgin Mary, with Mary, the mother of Jesus. Sure. But will you give us a, a quick overview of who she is in case someone's unfamiliar with who she is?
1: Yeah, so just a little background for Mary. Um, she was. In the galley area so nazareth which was probably known as more of a working class town she's probably from a more humble upbringing we might even use the word poor for her upbringing likely a very young woman which i think is really interesting part of her story that we sometimes forget that she was probably a teenage girl Mm -hmm. when she has this call moment in her life and likely a person of strong strong committed faith so it's a little background about mary And we know from the beginning of the passage, we see her introduced in the Gospels that she was engaged or betrothed to Joseph. So that gives us some hints to her, her story and her background. And I don't want to take away those treasures of finding those things for readers, but um, that's a little about her. So her background, her story, her place in society. And what I appreciate about the—because you uh, wrote the study guide portion
0: of us, too, and if you don't have the study guide, those of you who are listening and want to get it, you can head over to MyFaithRadio.com and look for Reading the Bible Together resource page, and you can find it there. At Christmas, we hear a lot about Mary because she's Jesus' mother, and we're celebrating his birth. She's in the story—I mean, she's—that's not the only place
1: that we see her in the story. Yeah, we see her throughout Jesus' lineage— um, little glimpses, obviously the Gospels focus on Jesus and his ministry, mm-hmm. but as his mother, we see her kind of appear several times, right? So obviously his birth, um, which is a really, I think, treasure of a story that we sometimes overlook details of. In part, Mary could have said, no, thanks. I'd right. rather not, <laughs> but she just humbly and obediently says, you know, let it be, as you said, I, I'm here for it. Let's mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important and powerful part of her story. And she takes on a lot of risk. So it includes some courage for her to say yes to what the angel Gabriel came to ask of her, shunning, potential stoning, all kinds of things that could have come her way because of that. But she has faith and trusts. Um, And then we see her again and again, right? So she appears when Jesus has not followed the caravan home. Right, right. When he's 12 years old. (laughs) Yep. So we see her there. And I think her response is meaningful in that passage. Anyone who is a mother listening or a parent at all, I probably had a moment of panic where you're like, oh, no, where is my child? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I envision Mary having that oh, no moment. But when she goes back for him, I think what she says is really powerful or what the reader, the author tells us. The gospel writer says, and she treasured these things up in her heart. Mm. And I think that gives us some pause to think about. Well, because we
0: see that at the beginning of the story when the wise men came Mm -hmm. and give the gifts to Jesus and she's treasuring that says there too, that she's treasuring everything in her heart. I mean, I can't get over that. She saw, I mean, first of all, to birth a child and then to watch a child die feels unimaginable and like a horrific, a horrific thing to
1: experience. Yeah. And not only die, but a horrible, right. Gruesome death to be present for that. I can't imagine nor do I want to, honestly, as a parent you don't ever want to imagine your child or anyone that you love no, but, suffering in that way. Yeah, but to think of these things that
0: she treasured in her heart and like these moments that she's almost, you know, if she's treasuring them in her heart so I'm almost thinking of it like a treasure chest and taking these things and putting it in there and remembering what God had done. And maybe it was those remembrance, the remembrance of those things
1: that helped her get through because we see her at the foot of the cross right to give her hope maybe to make it through yeah which I think too and I think to have the presence of mind in those moments right where it tells us she treasures them Mm -hmm. to hold on to those moments I think sometimes in the hurry of life we don't do that just as people I think it's a good reminder for us for Mary to pause even when it's a moment of panic or worry or fear Mm -hmm. to treasure little tiny glimpse of yeah. that's goodness and hope in that <laughs> mm-hmm. to
0: save for later. Yeah. Well, and I love the way that the, the Lord, not only, I mean, he gave her this option to, you know, the, the angel comes and says, this is going to happen. And she says, okay, go ahead. And then the encouragement that she gets when she goes to visit Elizabeth, I mean, to just think again about everything that Mary's going to have to endure, the, the way that she's putting herself at risk that the that God is saying, no, nope, I'm here. Like keeps showing up. Like nope. still
1: faithful. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. God is still faithful. And I love Mary's the song she sings mm-hmm. that we sing at Christmas often, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Luke, that demonstrates her faithfulness in what God is doing, what she sees, but also the promises in the midst of that. So I see that you're going to do these things, which I think is a good a good word for us too. Yep.
0: And so, what are some of your favorite
1: things from Mary's story? that we're seeing? Uh, I think we mentioned some already. So I love that she treasures things. That's mm-hmm. for sure one of them. But I also love, this is not a study guide, so bonus. Bonus, maybe yeah, bonus content. Th- those that are following. <laughs> but in John's gospel, she's the one who tells Jesus to perform the first miracle. Mm-hmm. And I like her sense of agency, like to say, you are ready. Mm-hmm. So she tells the guest, just do what he says. Right. Um, and I kind of love that as a mom. Like sometimes you have to step in and say, no, you can do it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of my favorite moments too from Mary where she kind of gives Jesus the nudge like, all right, it's time. But also I think knowing if it's time, that might be bad news for her, right? That might be mm-hmm. some heartache coming her way. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she fully knew that, but um, to see that that was kind of his launching into ministry and seeing that moment as a favorite. And then I think my other favorite moment is actually post-resurrection when she's gathered with the believers mm-hmm. um, in the upper room and praying.
0: Well, and before we get there, let's just talk for a second about, I mean, she she watched him come into the world. Mm -hmm. She watched him go out of the world on the cross and then sees her son, sees her son resurrected. I mean, to everybody else, uh, like, amazing. I can't believe you're resurrected. But like, this is her son
1: that she's watched the entirety of his story on earth. And the kind of, I can imagine the joy, right, that she would Mm -hmm. feel like he's alive, Yeah. so exciting to see that Mm -hmm. and then just her faithfulness to continue right once he's ascended continue with other other believers praying and watching and waiting for whatever is going to come next
0: yeah because and that's one of the things that you did do in the study guide was it's in acts Mm -hmm. the very
1: beginning of acts
0: yeah and so jesus is kind of giving last you know stay here wait here the holy spirit is going to come and then it gives a little list of who's there and i think i've I've probably read it, but gone right over
1: it that that she was there. And most people do. Honestly, mm-hmm. most people just skip over. They say, "Oh yeah, believers together." Okay, great. Um, mm-hmm. yep. but oh, yeah, but she. Oh I
0: recognize some of those names. Yep, the guys are there. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: But she's present with them, so I think that's a really cool reminder for us mm-hmm. of Mary's faithfulness and her just I think trusting God's plan. Even and when her son says, "You know, wait here and pray," one more thing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's a part she wants to be a part of that, right? To see what God's going to do next. I
0: mean, how could she not after witnessing everything that she's witnessed? Right. And his brothers are there, I just noticed. The mm-hmm. mother of Jesus and his
1: brothers. Yeah. And his brothers before didn't seem to be on board all the time. So that's a pretty exciting part of the story too. Which I know this isn't about his brothers,
0: but how hard would that have been to have the Messiah as, as your, your older brother <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know that kid's always perfect. I can't even live up to that. Yeah. Literally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so let's go a little bit deeper into one of these one of these accounts of Mary. And I want to go back to when she goes and visits Elizabeth. And I cuz I just love this story. I love the encouragement that God gives her, but it says in Luke chapter 1, 41, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt inside her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside me. Blessed is he who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. That's amazing. And then, like, it doesn't tell us that it's the Holy Spirit, but it just feels like there's this prompting. Like, I mean, have you ever been in a situation where you feel like, ah,
1: like I cannot
0: not proclaim and praise God for
1: what he's done. Would you read what Mary's response is? Yeah, and then Mary's response in Luke 1, starting in verse 46, Mary's song, it says in some translations, Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers.
0: Which is interesting, since we're studying Jesus's lineage, that she's bringing in. I mean, she's pointing back to this, mm-hmm. to this lineage.
1: Those before her. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's an amazing story, and it makes me. I mean, it's interesting when Elizabeth is talking about, "Blessed is he who believed that the Lord would fulfill," and you know, "Blessed are you among women." I mean, I think. I took an early church class. And so, because I yeah. always wondered how did we get from the Mary that we see in the Bible to the Mary that we would, that we see in some churches Sure, where she's the Virgin Mary and there are statues and, um, highly venerated. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like how did we get there? And, and I, I sometimes wonder what she would have thought because of, you know, the way that you were explaining her before mm-hmm. coming from a very humble beginning to be, Exalted like that, and for her to watch what Jesus did, and then for her to be the one that's exalted. I mean, have you thought at all about that? Or
1: I, I think Mary will be embarrassed, would be, embarrassed, would be yeah. my assumption, like because she doesn't come from fame and fortune and any of that mm-hmm. in her culture. And I don't see Mary seeking that either. No, she seems to be kind of behind the scenes, treasuring things in her heart, like we said, right? And mm-hmm. kind of a quiet, more humble persona. But then, yeah, right, to, to say these things out loud and for Elizabeth, her relative, to recognize, hey, something's happening here. and It's really exciting. Mm-hmm. And I think just a little aside, too, Elizabeth, her story starts with a male figure, right? So it's Zachariah who knows the baby's going to come. It's going to be an important figure mm-hmm. and marries a woman. And so it's one of the first times that we see the story begin with a woman figure mm. and carry on. And so I think that's. Maybe part of that to be aware of and part of the veneration maybe is that kind of, it's a female figure that God's coming to and using as the initial vessel mm-hmm. and not kind of a bystander, but kind of the main figure. Right. But her perspective, I think, is so good. And Zachariah gets, you know, muted right. for, for his situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whereas Mary, she's singing, like has a song in her heart and in her in her voice. So lots of cool things, I think, about that passage. Yeah. And that she continues to,
0: it continues to follow Jesus and continues to, I mean, it just feels really complicated. Like, you're the mother, but your child is the Messiah. Like, how do you reconcile that? How do you, you know, because then we see him going off when he's 12 and mm-hmm. then they find him with the, the other teachers and they're all amazed at what he's teaching, right, Yeah, but you're like you were supposed to be with us and you weren't with us. And like how worrisome that would be or her encouraging him to do the first miracle at the wedding in Cana. And he's
1: the Messiah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how do you wrestle with that? And as a parent, right? Like it's hard to parent anyway. And having to parent in that situation (laughs) right, where you are raising God's own son, right? And the savior of the world. The balance, I can't imagine how difficult that would be to navigate. So Mary had to be a person of strong faith. She had to be connected to the Father to know, okay, what's the next right step for me or the Mm -hmm. next thing for me to say or do or parent well? And to set Jesus up for what his future held. And I don't know if she knew all those. She couldn't have known all those details, right? But just to to be faithful moment by moment.
0: Yeah. To lead him. Like I think often about holding things loosely, you know, Mm -hmm. the gifts that we have in our life, whatever they are, like holding them loosely because they're really the Lord's anyway, but her ability to do that and to, yeah, I just, it it feels really remarkable to me that then to make that switch of I'm your mother. And then now I'm your
1: follower. Right. To become a follower of Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can't imagine what that was like. And I think sometimes that's a good lesson for us as humans in general, right? Mm-hmm. That sometimes we lead and sometimes we follow, and sometimes it's the person that we were leading that we have to follow in all kinds of situations, right? Whether it's parenting or mentoring or work environment, sometimes we're the leader and sometimes we need to submit and, to and follow to that person.
0: When I first started working for Faith Radio when I was getting trained, I was trained by, by uh, two young men who I could be their mother, Mm -hmm. literally went to college with one of their mothers, with their, one of their parents. And it was, it was humbling, but it was interesting, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about that, that they had knowledge and information that I did not have. And so it was easy for me to come under their mentorship because I had something to glean from them. This is just a word for myself that that's important to, to not look at others, like, what can I learn? Like Mm -hmm. to come in with a posture of what can I learn here?
1: Yeah. And ask that question. Mm -hmm. And I think all throughout life, God gives us invitations for that, right? To ask, how can I learn from this situation and not how can I be in charge or be the teacher all the time? (laughs) Although I do like to be in charge. Don't we all? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But even in in my day to day, right? I have the same experience where I can learn from my students. It's not always me as the teacher. Um, The spirit speaks to them too, just like it does to me. And so it's good to have that sometimes humble posture to say, okay, it's my turn to be quiet and to listen. Mm. I think Mary shows us, yeah, a little glimpse of that in her life too. Yeah,
0: how to do that really well. Mm-hmm. So we just have a few minutes left. Is there anything else that you want to make sure that we talk about with Mary's story? Anything else we don't miss or anything that that you didn't write about in the sure. study guide?
1: I think sometimes we think of Mary as this high and lofty character, like we mentioned, right? She's venerated in some trad- faith traditions in a very elevated way. Mm -hmm. But I think we sometimes forget the little parts of her story at the beginning, that she did come from a humble background, perhaps marginalized background, honestly. And I think if some of you are listening that's part of your story or part of your heritage, you're in good company. Um, And I think God uses those people and uses them in all kinds of ways. And we've seen that through all the women right, that we've talked about in the study, that God uses some of the least likely characters sometimes. And so to feel encouraged if you feel like that's a part of your story. God still works and God still uses folks in those situations. And I think for us, if you're not in that situation, if you're not a marginalized person or from a humble beginning, to be open and gracious to learn from those that maybe God has chosen and elevated Mm -hmm. for various reasons, I think that's a, a key takeaway from Mary's story. What are some of the ways that we see that she's marginalized? So we know she's from Nazareth, which was... Like if you read through scripture, oh, yeah. like oh, what well, mm-hmm. good comes from Nazareth? Um, so her community, we know, is a working class, probably not super favored community. So for Jesus to be born to a Nazarene is like kind of turn your nose up situation. Yeah. Um, so we know a little glimpse of that from Mary's story. So she may not have been the most well received figure in her community, and women at the time, right? Honestly, were usually not not believed or not counted as a reliable voice.
0: One thing that just came to me, it was as we've been studying the other women, um, I think it was when we were studying, when we were talking about Tamar, Rebecca Ree was talking about how often women in the Bible, the only currency they had was their own body Mm -hmm. to, to get things done. And I just like, as you were talking, was thinking about what redemption this is that a woman's body was used to bring about the
1: means of the Messiah, the means of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And she chooses it, right? right? So that's even more powerful, I think, that Mary says, yes, let it be done as you say. Mm-hmm. The um, currency
0: that she has, mm-hmm. she's using it that yep. way.
1: Yeah. And that's true of many women in the ancient world. That's why we see some things like, oh, that's scandalous. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was their only means of survival in some cases. Right. And I think, yeah, God's redeeming that part of even their marginalized status Mm -hmm. to say, look what I can do, even with what the world has maybe made something yucky. Um, God redeems even that part, I think.
0: And one thing that we talked about in the very beginning in the intro episode was the importance of listening to people's story and listening to where people came from, no matter where we find them now. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone would have listened to uh, Tamar, and heard, you know, what was happening with her or if Bathsheba would have had someone that she could have gone to, if you know, if these women would have felt they had choices. And, and to recognize there are women in our own day whose stories we're not listening to, mm-hmm. who we're casting, I'm casting judgment on, instead of asking questions of what circumstances, maybe it was decisions they made, but what's... What's behind it. Yeah, yeah. what's behind it mm-hmm. and what brought them there. Yeah. And,
1: but that there is redemption available. Yeah. And that God speaks into all those situations, and whether it's man or woman, um, right. that we all have we all baggage, things in our story that need redeeming. And I think Mary and these other women show evidence of God is present and there to demonstrate his grace and care and ways of working that are beyond our ways, right, showing us yep. that he's good. And I keep thinking,
0: I've thought time and time again, that God can work with that. You know, whatever whatever was happening, God could could work with that. He arranged for, you know, all of these people to be in the lineage, even the ones—and they were all—they all made mistakes. Mm-hmm. They all had sinned somewhere in their life, and God was still able to take, you know, their proverbial bread and
1: fishes and, mm-hmm. and make something of that. Yeah. And they're named. I love right. that they're named because we know names have high, high value, and it's a way for— us to be known, mm-hmm. and that God names all of these characters here in the gospel story. So really, really cool.
0: Well, thank you so much, Megan. Thank you for partnering with us in this way and for doing the podcast. I appreciate it's it. It's been a joy. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us for this conversation about Mary, one of the unexpected women in the lineage of Jesus. I hope that you've enjoyed this series. If you want to get your hands on the study guide, you can do that over at MyFaithRadio.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we will see you next time on Reading the Bible Together. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com.